Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by InWeGo, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only $39 per month with no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. No additional fees, literally hundreds of events for $39 a month. Some of the events you could have hit up on InWeGo over the past week or so, Avs vs. Stars in Denver, Rockies versus Phillies, and as I'm recording this, the Rockies are getting set for game number 163 in L.A. against the Dodgers. As somebody who covers the Nuggets, I can say, go Rockies, bring it home. You could have gone to CU versus UCLA at Folsom Field this past weekend. Could have headed to the Denver Fall Whiskey Festival, the Westward Feast, or the Big Wonderful Beer Fest. We're talking concerts, beer tastings, food fests, comedy shows, 5Ks, and anything else that you can imagine if it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that in we go can get you in. So here's where it gets good for you listeners. We've partnered with in we go to give you guys a great deal. So if you go to inwego.com backslash BSN or download the app right now for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe, you're going to get 50% off your first month. So you get all those events in Denver for under $20 during your first month. And I'm serious, guys. This isn't just fodder. In we go is an amazing app. We all here at BSN enjoy it. We all hit up all these events together with friends all week long, all weekend long. So I really encourage you guys to go check it out. Inwego.com backslash BSN or download the app for free. And again, if you use promo code BSN50, you're going to get 50% off your first month, your first month of Inwego for just $20. And with that, Welcome into the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by InWeGo, the subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver. Harrison Wind here, still coming at you from San Diego recording Monday morning. The Nuggets had their preseason opener, of course, Sunday night against the Lakers. Valley View Casino Center was the place to be in San Diego Sunday night. So I'll discuss what I saw. In the Nuggets preseason opener, it's crazy that we finally got a game to talk about here. Got a lot of observations. I'll point out who some of my MVPs were from Sunday night. Point out a couple things I think the Nuggets need to work on. But it's just preseason. I don't want to jump to too many conclusions. But I do think there were some notable things you could take away from what happened Sunday night and the Nuggets win. I'll also talk about Valley View Casino Center. Definitely an odd place for a preseason game. The first game I've attended that hasn't been in what I'll call a typical NBA arena that doesn't normally host NBA games. There were some interesting things I noticed and just things that happened throughout the day that I want to touch on. How I want to kick things off, as always, I want to go to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. We've got two questions for today's show. And again, I can't say it enough. I really appreciate you guys calling in throughout training camp. It's lonely here out on the West Coast, but I really appreciate the questions and I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say about not only this preseason opener, but the rest of Nuggets preseason slate. Welcome your questions as always to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. It's the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Let's go there right now. Hey, it's Chris and Denver. I got some thoughts on the Nuggets' first preseason game. Um, Not quite over yet. There's about four minutes left and... uh, Ian Welsh and Tyler Light and they're in, so I think that that just about says it where we're at now. Um, overall, I was pretty impressed. I thought Wiles played well. I thought Wancho uh, played well for most of the time that he was in there. And that's really what I was concerned about. 
it was nice to see the team come off strong and play well with the starters, even without G-Money, and really stack up with the Lakers team that was pretty hyped. They came in here with most of the fans were rooting for them, and clearly the story about this was the Lakers. Uh, I know it's too early to draw any conclusions, but this really you know, goes along nicely with what we've been reading about all offseason. So I'm pretty impressed. Uh, I like how the second unit didn't crumble at the end of the third quarter when the Lakers got when the Lakers were making it interesting. I know, I know, they're playing backups, but all the backups need to be able to do is beat bombs, and looks like they could do that. Uh, curious your thoughts. What do you think about this? Is there anything at all we could gain from this? Anything positive, negative? No matter how small or you know how contextualized we could put it. Um, I don't know. I think one thing we could say for sure, and I'll fight anyone that disagrees with me on this, is uh, LeBron and the Lakers is going to be really, really annoying if the pregame broadcast is any indication. Uh, as always, thanks for your time. Uh, appreciate the work. Keep up the great work, and go nuts. As always, thank you so much for the question, Chris. Chris, you've been the MVP of the offseason, coming with your questions almost every day to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Chris, if you're on Twitter, hit me up or send me an email, wind at bsndenver.com. I want to chat real quick. This might be a good time to dive into it. Let's talk about the biggest takeaway from last night, like Chris was asking about. And I'm going to go with Denver's bench. It was one of the biggest storylines coming into training camp. It was one of the Nuggets' biggest weaknesses from last season. How many times will we talk about when Nikola Jokic went off the floor? how tough it was for Denver to generate good looks, especially when Paul Millsap was hurt for 44 games. How tough was it for Denver to manufacture open shots? Sometimes Nuggets read and react offense, their equal opportunity offense that we know and love, it just died. And without Nicole Jokic, without the Nuggets catalyst, sometimes Denver struggled on that end of the floor. And obviously they tried to address that this offseason. Denver knew they were probably going to have to deal Wilson Chandler to get closer to the salary cap. They knew they were going to insert Will Barton into the starting lineup as long as they re-signed him, which they felt like they had to do. They needed some firepower off the bench. So they signed Isaiah Thomas to be their backup point guard. They knew they were bringing back Trey Lyles. They put a priority on getting him more minutes, more consistent minutes, maybe playing him a little at the three, which I don't think we really saw too much on Sunday night, if at all. So tough to get a read on that. But Still, coming into this year, some questions remained about the bench. I know it was just preseason. I know it was one game. It was against the Lakers in LeBron's first game. But the bench was the story, I felt like, Sunday night. And the best player or one of the best players on the bench unit, the high score from the bench unit, was the guy I wrote about Sunday night from the Nuggets locker room, and that was Juan Chirinon Gomez, somebody who's fighting for consistent rotation minutes, somebody who if the season started today, might be on the outside looking in four minutes off the bench as long as everybody's healthy. But what a debut, what a opener for Wancho. 23 minutes, 19 points, 6 of 11 from the field, 5 of 8 from 3, 5 rebounds, 3 blocks, a plus 29 in 23 minutes. And overall, this Nuggets bench was incredible. Wancho was a plus 29. Trey Lyles was a plus 32 on the night in just 21 minutes. Mason Plumley was a plus 27. Monte Morris, another standout from the bench unit, plus 30. Malik Beasley was a plus 28. The bench was great. 
against the Lakers. And maybe that speaks to how the Nuggets bench could surprise some people this year. Maybe that speaks to the question marks around the Lakers bench. And I know they had some guys who weren't playing as well. But nevertheless, Nuggets bench was my biggest takeaway from last night. And at the front of that was Wancho. And it was really exciting to see him look like his rookie year self. We haven't seen this type of Wancho Aaron Gomez since the Nuggets famously beat the Warriors with nine active players two years ago during Wancho's rookie year. His 19-point Sunday, that was the most he scored since he had his career high against the Warriors, 27 points that night, two years ago in his rookie year. Regular season games, preseason games, the 19 points he had Sunday was the most he scored since that game. So a big-time confidence booster for him, and it's going to give him some really nice momentum heading into the rest of this preseason. And maybe if Wancho keeps stringing together preseason performances like this one, if he keeps shooting the ball with confidence from three, if he keeps playing with a purpose, cutting with a purpose, defending hard, running the floor hard like he did Sunday night, maybe he can develop into one of the Nuggets' real weapons off the bench. He's going to need more performances like this one. One preseason game isn't going to suddenly give him a spot in Michael Malone's rotation. But with more showings like this, maybe he can be a consistent source of firepower. Instant offense, if you will, off this Nuggets bench this year. There's been a lot of talk throughout training camp about how good Wancho has looked. Talking to guys who watch these Nuggets practices, and again, Media only gets to see just the snippet of the very end of practice. We don't get to see much, but from talking to people, Wancho's had a great camp. He's playing with confidence. He's not second-guessing himself. He's being that quick decision-maker that we saw his rookie year. And the guy, we just weren't able to see him last year. He had mono at the beginning of the year, never really regained his rotation spot. But like I've heard that he's been doing in training camp throughout the week, he did everything with a purpose Sunday night. He cut with a purpose. He defended with a purpose. He ran the floor sharply. He, he ran to his spots. He was just very engaged from the second he stepped on the floor Sunday night to the second he went off. And Michael Malone was loving it. His teammates were loving it too. That's something else you notice about Wancho. When he does well, his teammates are so happy for him. Michael Malone had been talking all week about how Wancho needed to have a next play mentality, how he's been playing really well at training camp. But when he would miss a shot, when he would make a bad play, he'd get down on himself, he'd hang his head, and that would affect his play, like that does for a lot of players in this league. He didn't miss a lot of shots Sunday night. I think he made his first couple and stayed hot from there. He didn't make a ton of mistakes, so it will be interesting to see what happens when he does make those mistakes, when he doesn't make those shots, because that time will come. But it was a really inspiring performance from him Sunday. He was definitely one of the Nuggets' bright spots, probably their brightest star on the bench unit. But of course, Wancho was the first to deflect all praise to his teammates postgame. Here's what he had to say after the Nuggets win. How good it feel to, to get out there tonight and you know, finally get back in the game and, and shoot the way he did and just kind of play the way you guys did as a team? Um, I mean... It's the first position game. We, we've been working on so hard this week to, you know, just play like a game. For us, it's, it's easy because we we want to be the same thing like like last year, last couple of years, play the same the same way. So we just got there, uh, you know, playing in a tag mode. Uh, everybody pass the ball. Everybody uh, play for each other. I think we 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 get that. Uh, 
and the important thing we keep improving and, and we get the, the win. You and Monte seem, seem to have, have really nice chemistry out there tonight. Obviously, you guys playing a lot together in practice on the second unit. What, what's your, what do you feel like your kind of chemistry with him is right now? I mean, no, not just with Monte. I think with all the second unit, we trade with Mason. Uh, we practice uh, together. We've been here two or three years. Uh, so. We just want to be a, a team, you know. Everybody plays for each other. If you don't have a shot, just pass for a teammate and trust he's gonna make it. Uh, Monte, um, it's gonna be a, a really huge year for him, you know. Uh, we're waiting for Isaiah come come back until until then. Uh, Monte got to step back, to step up. Uh, he been so, working so hard last year and so hard this year. He he's a baller, and I love to play with him too. Yeah, so if you want to show no one's really worked harder than you. This is a big year for you. Um, I mean, I just do the same thing like I always do. Just play hard, just keep working, uh, just try to help the team for the, the wins. Nice to see that first one go in though, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I, was, I was happy, you know, I've been working so hard last year I didn't get the chance, so um, I just want to be ready every single time. And when, you know, when the coach won't trust in me, I want to let him a reason for trusting me. At the end of the game, there's a lineup with you, Trey, and Tyler all on the court together. Is that a lineup that through camp you guys spent a little bit of time on, or was that kind of a first time playing? No, I think all of our, our, our players can play together. It doesn't matter what position, we just play basketball. We just play uh, Denver system. Uh, everybody can do everything, so just play there, have fun, play hard. That's it. What is the Denver system to you? He's, uh, trust each other, play hard, work like a team, uh, be unselfish. Uh, I think we we're making a, our our system. Last few years we want to play the more, play with throw Joker. We got the big men like can pass the ball, so you know. Uh, I think it's really fun to to watch us and, and really fun to play in this team. So there's what Wancho had to say. What's interesting there is not really that he deflected all praise to his teammates that's what all these nuggets guys do they're so unselfish they're all in it for each other so that wasn't by a surprise but I thought a takeaway from there was what he said about just playing within Denver's system now Denver plays this European brand of basketball that so many of these guys love to play this unselfish democratic brand an equal opportunity offense where everybody gets to eat and Wancho embodies that. He's such a good fit for that style of play. And that's why it was such a shame he couldn't get on the floor last year. Because what he did his rookie year, just really saw how he can fit in with this Nuggets offense. Really play with a ton of different lineups. Play with the starters, play with the bench, play the four, obviously, and probably some minutes at the three. He'll have to defend threes to play that position consistently, which is going to be his biggest struggle. But I thought he did an adequate job here on Sunday. But just how he fits in a motion offense and a read and react offense. He's such a quick decision maker. He can shoot it. He can pass it. He can dribble it. His fit in Denver's system is really just a seamless one, I do think. And it was great to see him get that opportunity. There were a bunch of other guys who definitely deserve praise on that bench unit too. Monte Morris, he does so many things that don't show up in the box score that contribute to winning. And he did so many of those things on Sunday night. 12 points, 4-9 shooting, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, 2 turnovers. I think both those came in the second half. He had a picturesque first half. Making every right read, hitting shots, setting his teammates up. In the second half, he had a couple turnovers. But this is a typical Monte Morris performance. 
I mean, watching this guy at Summer League, watching this guy in the G League, watching him at Iowa State, should you really expect anything different? Just a guy who knows how to run his team. And so many people remarked to me throughout the week how he just plays like a 10-year veteran. In his second training camp, everything's really slowed down for him now. He knows how to run this Nuggets offense. He knows how to run his team. Monte's Monte, as Will Barton told me a lot this week. He just does what he does. He's not super flashy. He's not going to go up and throw down a tomahawk dunk or wet five three-pointers in a game. But he's just going to go out there and do his job. That's what he did Sunday. And with Isaiah Thomas on the mend, I think there's a scenario where Monte Morris opens the season as a Nuggets backup point guard. Isaiah Thomas doesn't seem like he's close to returning. And I can tell you that the Nuggets feel really confident with him in that role. Sure, they signed Isaiah to play a role for this team. But I really do think if Monte Morris came into this year as this team's backup point guard, he could do a fine job. And he showed why Sunday night. So those are the two biggest standouts for me from that bench unit. Mason Plumlee played really well, too. 11 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 of 5 from the field, 5 of 5 from the free throw line. Nug assistant coach Mark Price already making his impact felt. 31 of 35 were the Nuggets as a team, 88.6% from the line. And it was funny when Mason Plumlee hit those two free throws, how the media was set up at Valley View Casino Center. Again, not a place that typically hosts NBA games. We were sitting right behind the Nuggets bench, right behind the Nuggets second row of assistant coaches. After Mason Plumlee hits his first two free throws, Jordy Fernandez turns around and gives Mark Price a fist bump on the Nuggets bench. Just a little fun moment there. And Mark Price has been working with all these guys on free throw shooting throughout the week. He's especially been working on free throw shooting with Mason Plumlee. You saw him almost after every practice last week working with Plumlee on his free throw stroke. And he shot those confidently. His form looked smoother than it did last year. And a lot of times with guys, it's a mental thing at the line. Maybe Mark Price has cracked the code with Mason Plumlee there because he should be a better free throw shooter than you know the 50% guy he's been pretty much over the last couple years in Denver. So again, the bench, to your point, Chris, that was my biggest takeaway from this game. Wancho, Monte, Mason Plumlee, Malik Beasley was solid too. Four, four from three-point land for Malik Beasley. And hey, if he's going to hit shots at that clip throughout the year, he's definitely going to get playing time. And Trey Lyles, not flashy. 21 minutes, 3-9 from the field, just 1-7 from three. Struggled to shoot the ball. I saw him struggling in warm-ups too to shoot the ball. And I was wondering if that was going to be a sign of things to come. But I think he'll be fine 14 points for him still, 7 of 8 from the line. Another guy who nailed almost all his foul shots. Nuggets bench outscored the Lakers bench. They outplayed the Lakers bench. They were definitely the biggest bright spot from this Nuggets win. And to your other point, Chris, I heard all night on Twitter, through text, everybody was hitting me up, oh, ESPN's only talking about the Lakers. Now, this is so annoying. We want to hear about the Nuggets. Hey, this is what happens, guys, when the best player in the world, the best player of all time, goes to a new team and has his first game with that new team. I mean, you kind of had to expect it, right? Like, it was his first game in a Lakers uniform. I don't know how upset you can be about that. This is a monumental event in NBA history, and like ESPN's got to chronicle it as such, and everybody's got to chronicle it as such. I think there's going to be plenty of time for the Nuggets to get their fair share of national praise this year. 
I predict they're going to get off to a great start. I've been saying that all summer on this podcast. They have 10 of their first, what, 15 at home. I could see a scenario where they're 10-5 and five out of the gate, where they're getting some national buzz. And, hey, if they wax the Lakers again on Tuesday at Staples Center, which I think they might, I wouldn't be surprised if some people out there are like, hey, look at the Denver Nuggets. But, again, if you're upset and you want more coverage – Everybody out there should subscribe to bsndenver.com backslash subscribe four ninety nine a month. And you don't just get the detailed coverage we provide on the Nugget side of things. You get detailed reporting, analysis, film rooms, great coverage on the other sports in Denver, the Broncos, the Rockies, the Avalanche as well. So hit that up if you want more Nuggets coverage and you're not happy what the national outlets are providing. Michael Malone giving the team a day off from practice here on Monday. I think they might be headed to... Chavez Ravine for game number 163, Rockies versus Dodgers uh, this afternoon in L.A. And then they'll play the Lakers Tuesday night in a rematch, of course. Before we go back to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, we got one more question slash comment from there. Got to tell you guys about Total Beverage. Right now, they've got a really awesome deal going on for BSN subscribers and listeners Look, you already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado. But did you know now they're delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie? And if you download the Total Beverage app right now and use promo code BSN10, you're going to get $10 off your order. Promo code BSN10, all one word, all capitals, BSN10 on the Total Beverage app. You guys got to get this Total Beverage app. Enter the promo code BSN10. You're going to get $10 off your next order, and they deliver too. So for all your wine, beer, spirits, needs, hit up Total Beverage. Let's go back to the Total Beverage fan hotline. We've got some other insightful observations from another listener. This one is from our pal Ranchman. Take it away. Hello, Harrison. It's Evan from Castle Rock, a.k.a. Ranchman. I'll keep it short. Here's three good and three need some work observations about the preseason game one against the Lakers. The good, the players who stood out, Jamal Murray, Wancho, Malik, and Monte Morris. Two, rebounding was strong. Three, are you kidding me? Mason Plumlee, five for five at the free throw line? Wow. And Trey Lyles was seven of eight. Kudos to Mark Price. That was a wonderful hire. Areas that need some work, one, the most obvious note for game one was that ball movement by the starters was limited. Too many quick shots. Not worried about it at all, however. Two, about Torrey Craig. I've admired his can-do attitude, uh, which is best reflected in his rebounding. Never been that keen on his defense. His contract value was certainly attractive, but he's been an offensive no-show during his limited career. He had three points and five fouls in 22 minutes. Three, the defense wasn't great. Something that stood out was that the team couldn't block out McGee. We've got to protect the paint. In the first half, there were lots of wide-open passes to a cutting Laker getting free to the basket. I'm in on 53 wins, and I'm out for today. Thanks for the solid coverage last week. Bye. Thanks, as always, Ranchman, for the call. And again, guys, if you ever have a question for the show, like those two guys did, don't hesitate. Hit up the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394, 1-800-BSN-8394. 
All it is if you never call before, it's an answering machine. Leave your name, leave where you're calling from, leave a question or a comment or a take you've got about the Nuggets, and I'll play it on the show just like that and give you my response. You know, I've got to agree with pretty much everything he said right there. The bench looked great, like I just touched on. Rebounding, I mean, that's another thing. The Nuggets out-rebounded the Lakers Sunday night, 37-30. to Nikola Jokic, only four rebounds in those 21 minutes, but Trey Lyles with seven, Wancho with five, Mason Plum with eight, Monte Morris had six rebounds. So like, this is one of the best rebounding teams in the league. They've been that way over the past couple of years. They'll probably be that way with Jokic. He's a great and probably underrated rebounder on both ends of the floor. So that was obviously one of the things that stood out as well. In terms of what didn't go great for the Nuggets Sunday, I'd agree that the starters didn't just have that same chemistry that they flashed for much of last season. I would chalk that up to being the first preseason game. Nikola Jokic was limited by that finger that's been giving him issues early at training camp last week. He played five-on-five towards uh, the end of it, I believe, Thursday, and he was full go whatever they did Friday at practice. So he's been a little banged up. He's a little rusty, I've been told, just in five-on-fives in scrimmages. Look, he'll be fine. I liked what I saw from Paul Millsap from a passing standpoint on Sunday. It really looked like he was trying to get his teammates involved. I wouldn't be worried about the starters uh, at all. Torrey Craig stepped in there for Gary Harris, and Torrey didn't have a great night, 22 minutes, one and two from the field. Thought he did the dirty work like he always does, but five fouls was what stuck out, and that was another takeaway from this game. The refs called a ton of fouls. Uh, Denver got whistled for 28 of them. The Lakers got whistled for 31 personal fouls Sunday night. I believe the freedom of movement thing is something that refs are emphasizing over the preseason. Like You just can't hold guys anymore in this league. And both teams got dinged a bunch for that. So that kind of took a little bit of the flow out of the game, I would say. But yeah, wouldn't be really worried about the starters. And I think Torrey Craig will be fine off the bench this year. And yeah, JaVale McGee had a nice game. (laughs) I'll tell you that. He played well. He beat Jokic down the court a lot. He was definitely looking to run. He was active around the rim, going up for lobs, going up for defensive rebounds clearing the glass on that on the floor he goes eight of ten for 17 points in 20 minutes but I highly doubt that's going to be what we should be expecting from JaVale McGee over the course of this season so again thanks guys for the calls and if you guys want to get in on the conversation if you got a question for the show hit me up on Twitter or how we'd prefer it hit us up on the total beverage fan hotline 1-800-BSN-8394 that's the number you need to call 1-800-BSN-8394. Let me go ahead and take another break. I'll be right back. Hey, BSN fans. Your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page, where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bar 
bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets Podcast. Monday edition of the show, Harrison Wind here from San Diego, where I've been all week recording shows every day. Five shows last week, five more coming this week. Nuggets take on the Lakers in their second preseason matchup Tuesday at Staples Center. Somebody else who stood out from Sunday night was Jamal Murray, a guy who Lakers fans love to hate. Jamal got booed during pregame introductions, and I was kind of suspicious, kind of curious if Lakers fans would remember what happened, what transpired between Jamal Murray and Lonzo Ball and Luke Walton last year. Of course, Lonzo didn't play Sunday night, but Luke was coaching. Murray was playing. Maybe with all the LeBron James hubbub, as Michael Malone called it, postgame. If you don't know what I'm referring to, check out my Twitter feed for a jacked-up Michael Malone for some of his quotes after the game. But maybe with all the excitement around LeBron coming to L.A., perhaps Lakers fans would forget what happened with Murray and that team last year. Didn't seem like they forgot. And this building was, I said 99% Lakers fans in a pregame tweet. I probably should have amended that to say 99.9% Lakers fans. I did see some of you Nuggets fans out there. If you're at the game, hit me up. I want to chat. But the crowd was all Lakers fans. And Jamal Murray was definitely one of the standouts from that starting unit. 8 of 12 from the field in just 19 minutes, 18 points, 2 of 3 from 3. What I loved about Jamal Murray, and if you're listening to this podcast, it's no surprise. I was saying all throughout last year how Jamal Murray needed to take more pull-up three-pointers, more three-pointers in transition, just shoot the ball more. He's this incredible shooter. He's such a rhythm shooter. He gets so hot. If he just lets it fly, I really feel like that's going to benefit the Nuggets offense even more. He did. He had a couple pull-up threes that he attempted. I think one of them went in Sunday night, so it was great to see him do that. And I know the starters did looked a little clunky at times. Look, the Nuggets still put up 124 points in a preseason game where the starters didn't even play a ton of minutes. This Nuggets offense is going to be just fine, led by Jokic, led by Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Gary Harris when he gets healthy. I don't think Lakers will have a great defense by any means this year. But this Nuggets offense, it's going to be potent. I'd say it'd be a disappointment if this Nuggets offense isn't in the top five this coming season. Something else that really stood out to me was the Lakers threw a lot of weird lineups out there. A lot of small ball lineups like we pretty much assumed they would. I mean, this is the same team that has only two centers on its roster, JaVale McGee and Ivica Zubac. So you know they're going to play a ton of small ball. Zubac barely played Sunday night. JaVale McGee only played 20 minutes. Michael Beasley at the five, Kyle Kuzma at the five, LeBron at the five. That's the kind of stuff we're going to see from the Lakers this year. I'm excited to see how it looks. If I was putting together a team, I definitely want to have some more traditional bigs out there. But we'll see what happens with this Lakers team this year when it comes to that and their personnel. I thought Denver did a great job adjusting on the fly to some of those small ball looks. That can be really tricky when you're playing in your first preseason game. Michael Malone said at shoot-around that they didn't even talk about the Lakers at all, just kind of focused on themselves, focused on what they were going to do. Didn't seem like they put a huge emphasis on dialing in what the Lakers were doing and, and focusing on that at shoot-around. But sure enough, when 
The Lakers went to a small ball look, and I think that would throw off a lot of teams in a first preseason game nonetheless. The Nuggets were fine. They handled it well. Uh, they found mismatches. They worked the ball. I was impressed, and I think a lot of credit goes to Mike Malone there. He seems to be pushing a lot of buttons right now, I tell you. And he's been really focused at training camp this week, more so, I think, than years past. Not that he has been focused in years past, but he's been really serious. He's been really intense at training camp this week. I think him and the players who are kind of taking on his personality right now are just really focused and locked in right now. And after the game, Malone kind of let loose a little bit. He had a funny couple jabs post-game like he will do occasionally after wins. But it was interesting to see him so dialed in throughout the week, so locked in. And then after the Nuggets get the win, he had a little bit of a release last night. I know preseason doesn't mean a lot. Michael Mullen will tell you the only thing he cares about during preseason is getting better. But you got the feeling he really wanted that W last night. So again, I think Malone's pushing all the right buttons right now. I asked him pregame how this training camp compares to his past few training camps. And of course, all coaches are going to say they had a great training camp. If they say they had a bad training camp, that's a really bad sign for your team. But everything's been so positive this week. Well, even when guys haven't played well, like Malone said last week, how Jamal Murray hadn't been shooting the ball well. Well, he comes out and goes 8-12 from the field, 2 or 3 from 3-point range Sunday night. How Wancho needs to have a next play mentality. Well, comes out and hits 6-11 from the field, 5-8 from 3. This whole training camp has been so positive, and everybody seems really locked in right now. From Michael Malone all the way down to the end of this Nuggets bench. And I do think Malone deserves a lot of credit for having the Nuggets in the spot they're in right now because I think they're in a great spot and it's going to be interesting to see and fascinating to watch what they do Tuesday night against the Lakers again. So here's what I'm looking for Tuesday night. The story of this opener was obviously the bench, how well they played, how well Wancho played, how well Monte Morris played. Could Wancho be that spark off the bench that the Nuggets have missed over the last couple years? Can Monte Morris be this team's backup point guard if Isaiah Thomas really takes it slow in getting back from that hip surgery. Both those things look like they could be true if this first game holds up. What I'll be looking for Tuesday is how the starters play. Not sure if Gary Harris will play. Quite frankly, there's no really need to put him out there in these first couple preseason games if he's ailing at all from that hamstring. I saw him work out pregame. It did seem like he could have played if this was a regular season game or a game that meant anything. But can the starters develop some more chemistry? Nikola Jokic had six turnovers Sunday. Like I said, he just looks a little rusty right now. And he was wearing a wrap on his finger, his right index finger. I'm not sure if that's bothering him at all. But I think he'll be fine. Can he put together a big game? Can Paul Millsap get some offense going? He was just one of five from the field. It will be great to get to Staples Center, though, because Valley View Casino Center, I don't know if that's the best place to host preseason games. Michael Malone made a comment at shoot-around how they had to kind of alter their morning practice plans because there was some condensation on the floor. Will Barton said the floor was slick. I think it was just an old floor, to be quite honest. It wasn't your typical Staples Center or Pepsi Center floor. It looked fine during the game. 
Um, so that was not an issue at all. But it will be nice to get back into a normal NBA arena, to get back to Staples Center. I'm sure Jamal Murray will get booed again. I'm sure Lakers fans will go absolutely nuts for LeBron James to an even higher degree in L.A. for the first time in Staples Center. It will be a spectacle. I'm excited to see it. And to Chris's point from earlier in the show, I'm sure the national broadcast will only talk about the Lakers and they will not talk about the Nuggets at all. Just get ready for that. Be prepared for that. It's going to happen all year. That's what happens when the best player of all time joins a new team. And that team is arguably the most storied franchise in the history of basketball, in the history of the NBA. So don't be surprised when that happens again Tuesday or when that happens throughout the rest of the regular season and the playoffs too. It's interesting that the Nuggets and Lakers play twice this preseason. think this has some legs to a rivalry. Christian Clark and I did a podcast on that earlier this summer. Who is the Nuggets rival? or who is the closest thing to Nuggets' rival. Utah, Portland, OKC, Minnesota, the Lakers. I think they're all contenders, but we'll see how the rest of the season series plays out, how Tuesday night plays out, and I think this would be a fascinating matchup if these two teams did meet in the playoffs. But that, of course, is months and months and many games and many games away. So I guess to sum up, again, my big takeaways from Sunday night. The bench was great. Wancho looked like his rookie yourself. Monte Morris looked like he can definitely handle the backup point guard duties. Malik Beasley shot the ball really well. Mason Plumlee played well. Trey Lyle shined in spots. The bench was great. Now, Tuesday night, I think the focus shifts to the starters. Can they come out and just really establish themselves from the get-go? The starters played well in the first half. The third quarter, they really let up, though. So if they can have that same energy, that same focus that they did in the first half throughout the first three quarters, which is probably along the lines of what they'll play again Tuesday. That will really set the Nuggets up for the rest of the preseason well and have them heading into the regular season on the right foot. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll be back with another episode on Tuesday. Talk with you guys then.